Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio 103.1 FM 910 980 1300 AM or anywhere on the Odyssey app. It is 308 here at the station. Um we're still getting that uh that haze and, and that that bad air from Canada. It's 80 degrees here and hazy in uh in the station at Pittston. Um our air now is considered unhealthy. We are under a red flag still. We are at 180. Anything over 150 is considered hazardous and unhealthy. So it's it's not as bad as it's been, but it's definitely out there. There's really not much of a smell to today's. But uh, but but it's got to be it's got to be bad out there. And and the amount of talk we're hearing from our government, the lack of talk on it. And, and I understand it's nothing that that can be done about it. These wildfires. The last I checked, I was reading a little bit on it today. There's like 235 different wildfires up in Canada, hundreds of thousands of acres. And from the experts up there, the only thing that's going to put the, these fires out is the winter snowfall. So we're going to we're gonna be dealing with this every time the weathered pattern and that jet stream dips down to us um, for the foreseeable future, at least until winter comes. And thankfully, it comes early up in northern Canada. So hopefully it gives us some relief up there. Um, but this is going all the way down to the D.C., Annapolis area. You know, it's it's really affecting a, a large swatch of it. And, you know, I was out by uh, my garden today, and I, I noticed things aren't growing the way they normally do. I know we've had a lack of sun. We've, we've finally gotten some rain, you know, the past week or two. But uh, is this is this haze, is this smoke cover that's affecting us affecting our crops? Because it, it goes all the way out to the Chicago area and and the upper Midwest, um, where we do have plenty of cornfields and, and crops that we do use here. I mean, Pennsylvania, it's a big thing. We're dealing with it. Um, if you're a farmer, if, if that's your trade, if that's what you do for a living, you know, I'm just a hobbyist. You know, we grow some vegetables in our garden. But I, I've noticed that they're, they're not as flourished as they normally are this time of year. And it could be because we did have some drought, you know, a couple of weeks ago. You know, tried to keep up on them with watering and such. But... uh they they just don't look the same, and I, I don't know if this is a factor or not. That's why, you know, if someone has, if you're a farmer, you have cornfields. If you work in one of the farms in the area, like Arobas or such like that, you know, are you seeing an issue with this? Is it causing an issue? Do you think it's an issue for, for what's going on, especially if this is going to continue through the summer? Because today was supposed to be a sunny day, and I know it, it's peaked through here and there, but, I mean, uh, it was supposed to be dry and sunny in 85 today, and... Uh, you know, from the from the moment we got up, you could see that haze. I cannot see very far off my back deck. I could normally see, you know, the steam coming from the Berwick smokestacks. You know, that's how far I could see. You know, obviously can't see the smokestacks, but I could see the, the smoke plume, the steam plume coming from them. I could barely see the next hill over from my house with this haze. So it's got to be doing something filtering out. The UV lights still come through. I get it. But, uh... You know, is it an issue for our farmers? Is it an issue for our grow cops, crops, you know, especially in the entire Northeast that this is affecting? This is going all the way down to the Washington, D.C. area. Um, we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court decisions. There was more than one, even though one seems to be getting the majority of the uh, the conversation right now. But there was one that was based here in Pennsylvania. It actually started here in Pennsylvania. So we're going to touch base on that. You know, among some other things, you know, the the saga in Lackawanna County as far as children and youth services where um, 
you know, we're, we're going to talk about that later, but I, I have yet to hear the main concern, any call for emergency meetings or anything on the children. Lackawanna County children and youth handle about 9,000 cases a year. Where's the emergency commissioner's meeting today or tomorrow to say, hey, this is the action plan we're putting in place. This is what we want to do. Where's Mr. Browning, who's in charge of that division, saying an emergency meeting, hey, by the end of next week, I want the status of every single case you have. I don't care if you have to work through the weekend. I don't care if you have to work over the holiday. I want the status of X amount of cases, every single case, what's been done, where you need help with, where you don't have the resources by Friday of next week. And I'm not seeing that. All I'm seeing is the surrounding of the wagons. You know, there was some back and forth between uh, the district attorney for Lackawanna County and the county solicitor, and uh, the the district attorney for Lackawanna County kind of took the same stance that I took yesterday on the air. That's inappropriate for the county solicitor to be standing defending employees accused of wrongdoing, criminal wrongdoing. That's not his job. His job is to be the solicitor and to protect the county, the taxpayer of Lackawanna County. And we're going to get into that later. But something that's kind of slipped through the radar altogether with everything that's gone on is two top Russian generals in Russia have gone missing. Now, we just don't think they disappeared. We just don't think, you know, it's it's reported that they're probably being heavily interrogated by uh, the arm of Putin's government to find out what was going on. But what concerns, what should concern us as Americans is one of these generals is one of the ones that is nicknamed General Armageddon. This is uh, Deputy Commander General Sergei Servokin, named General Armageddon, whose the Moscow Times reports was arrested on Sunday, though those reports are unconfirmed. He is one of the people in Russia that carries the nuclear football for Russia. And, you know, I'm sure he's not carrying, I'm hoping he's not carrying it now, Uh, He was arrested, but he's since gone missing since then. And this is the issue in Russia, you know, when this when this supposed civil war was happening, when the supposed mutiny or takeover or whatever you want to call it, or, you know, political show to maybe take focus off of other things. Who knows? But. Is there their nuclear arsenal? It it only takes a bad actor to get a hold of one. And, uh, you know, Putin had a. uh, a press conference the other day where he applauded the uh, the members of the military in Moscow and the police forces in Moscow for preventing the rebellion. Obviously, he blew it up to more than it was, but you know he put on a show saying that they're the ones, they're heroes that protected the sovereignty, and there was there was no conflict, no, there was not a shot fired. So it's not like they really did anything. It was all show. The media was showing pictures of them, you know, hardening the Moscow perimeter. But they turned around. The Wagner group turned around, you know, long before they got to Moscow. So they really did nothing as far as actually repelling the so-called mutiny or anything like that. But the fact now that that Vladimir Putin is uh, pulling generals, taking them into custody, and these are generals that were assigned to carry the nuclear football for Russia. And I believe there's three or four generals besides Vladimir Putin's body man that that has that ability. And uh, like I said, 
this should concern the world as far as that. But here's Vladimir Putin as far as uh, as far as uh, acknowledging the military members in Moscow and his own police force. Uh, this was just the other day. You defended the Constitution, the lives, the security, and the freedom of our citizens. You saved our homeland from being shaken up in actual fact. You stopped, you virtually, you stopped a civil war. You proved your faithfulness for the Russian motherland and for the military. You showed your responsibility for the motherland. Now, defense, Rosguardia, the interior ministry showed your important work, strategic, including defense sites, security of border regions, of our armed forces and all fighting units who've continued in this time to work on the front in a heroic way because we could not remove the military subdivisions. In resisting against our, against those people who are trying to cause an uprising in carrying out your military duty. And now we shall have a minute's silence in their memory. So that was Vladimir Putin just two days ago. Um, They had their military forces and their police forces all formed up out. It was a show of solidarity in Moscow. It was all a dog and pony show. We know that. We know there was really no military action there to repel it was all all for show. So, you know, what was really going on, what was not, you know, I, I don't think our top intelligence officials know at this point because they seemed with it. But um, one of the individuals that have been gone missing and supposedly taken into custody is uh, General Gerasimov, 67, and is the commander of Russian invasion forces in Ukraine and one of three Russian commanders who hold the nuclear briefcase, according to Western military analysts. So the the mere fact that two of these top generals have gone missing, supposedly taken into custody, supposedly being, in air quotes, debriefed or or re-educated or whatever you want to say, or just gone, you know, or just dead, Um, because we know that's how things happen in Russia, especially when you challenge the, the status quo and the regime there. But this is the level that this goes to. You know, they're, they're, they're taking into custody. They're gone missing. These people who actually carry the nuclear football. And again, how this concerns us is all you need is one of these weapons to go into bad actors' hands. And it doesn't have to be Russia. It could be a third party. It could be a rogue state. It could be rogue actors, you know, terrorists that do something stupid with one of these, mes- uh, one of these weapons. Where Russia has plausible deniability, we've all seen, you know, what, what should have been you know, Tom Clancy, uh, you know, novels or, or movies that are for our entertainment that have become real life because that's what really happened there. If, if you've ever watched the movie, uh, Tom Clancy movie, The Sum of All Fears, it's a Jack Ryan movie, um, you know, it basically described what happened in Russia this past week. You know, you also have Hunter Killer. It's a submarine movie, which is very similar to what happened. And here's where, you know, art becomes reality as far as what's going on in Russia, but the mere fact that they are 
the largest holder of nuclear weapons in the world, should concern everybody. And uh, we need to monitor what's going on, especially when the two people who are responsible for having the briefcase to launch those missiles have now been taken into custody and gone missing or whatever's going on in Russia. Should be something that should be on our radar, you know, as Americans, and I hope the radar of our intelligence community and military community. It's uh, 420 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after this. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 324. It's time for Rob's Rundown on this Thursday, June 29th, 2023. These are things that are happening in our area. Um, We probably won't get into them in depth during the show today, but they're happening in our atmosphere, and you should be aware of them just as well as I should. So here's today for this Thursday, June 29th. Defendant pleaded not guilty in the Barron murder. Biden to nominate Mahalchik for the federal bench. The Scranton Planning Commission to weigh in on a walkability plan. The Clark Summit Council hears details on a stormwater plan between a multi-township agreement. Woman charged in kidnapping three-year-old nephew. Congressman Musner, Muser endorses Donald Trump and is going to lead his uh, Pennsylvania efforts. Verizon fails to make the case for Dallas Township cell tower. Wilkes-Barre plans straight street cleaning Friday and Wednesday, so be aware of that if you're in the Wilkes-Barre area. And the code red air quality continues. And uh, I just saw some breaking news that's happening right now that the uh, Parkland shooting deputy that stood by while that happened and didn't take action immediately has been found not guilty on all counts in a Broward County, Florida courthouse. That's happening right now as we speak. I really don't have any more details than that. But that deputy who was seen not entering, not doing what he should have been doing and tra- or trained to do in, uh, in that tragic Parkland shooting in Broward County, Florida, um, has just been found not guilty by a jury in, uh, in Broward County. So I, I don't really have anything more than that. That's the breaking news there now. Um, and if anything more comes of it, you know, I'll let you know. Uh, I happen to be personal friends with a lot of people in the Broward County Sheriff's Office, and this incident has caused a, a lot of issues down there, uh, specifically this one. Um, I myself has been critical of this deputy for, for not doing what he was trained to do and should have done to protect the people of Parkland High School down there. And, uh, you know, I I respect the jury's opinion, but I disagree with it. I I think he should have been found to something. Uh, I believe he is no longer a Broward County deputy. I believe he he was let go because of his inactions down there. So, you know, that's not really a consolation, but, you know, at least he, he does not have that and he will not be the one being called if anyone... Uh, needs help again down there. But that's breaking news now. The, the deputy in the Parkland shooting, he was assigned. He was the school resource officer at the Parkland High School in Broward County, Florida. Um, was just found not guilty on all char- on all counts from a jury in Broward County, Florida. Um, I saw this, and, and this is coming from Scranton and Lackawanna County, that officials state a man and a woman are being charged after allegedly making false statements to federally licensed firearm dealers to buy 15 guns. They, they were straw purchases. That's, that's basically what it is. And they were arrested. They bought the guns 
15 of them between May 15th, 2021 and June 14th, 2020. They were purchased from various gun dealers in Monroe County, including Dunkelbergers, Pocono Mountain Firearms, the gun place in East Stroudsburg, Lopez Firearms. And uh, why, A, I, I think they should be charged to the maximum, and it says that uh, they were charged with felonies and are looking at 10 years imprisonment and fines. Uh, and, and I hope they, they get charged to the maximum. I hope, you know, DAs crack down on straw purchases because, you know, they talk about them all the time as being one of the drivers of the gun crime in America. But what jumped out at me is is how this is being promoted. And when you look at the basis of what they were charged, they were charged with the same exact charge that Hunter Biden was was charged with and actually not charged with. He was being put in a desertion, diversion program in lieu of being charged. And, and the bottom line charge is here, the felony, is lying on your ATF 4473. Now, obviously, this is 15 firearms. Their intent was to transfer these firearms to people who shouldn't have firearms. I get that. But at the basis of it, and if you want to look at the law equally, they are being charged with 15 counts of the same thing that Hunter Biden had a single count for. Not putting the proper information on an ATF 4473 form. That's the form you fill out when you purchase a firearm. He lied on his form. They lied on their forms. Um, and it just goes to show the difference on how these are handled. And, and I know when that came out, that charge was, was put out to people that Hunter Biden was being sent to a diversion program. You know, I read how that diversion program, you need the deputy attorney general to approve a pretrial diversion program for anyone accused of offense involving brandishing or use of a firearm or other deadly weapon. So to say there wasn't preferential treatment, as per the DOJ's own regulations, the deputy attorney general had to prove the, approve the deal he got. Where I'm sure this case in Scranton, Pennsylvania, Lackawanna County, of this man and woman who has 15 counts of this lying on their ATF 4473, I'm sure the deputy attorney general knows nothing about their case. I'm sure they, as they should not be available for any diversion program, they broke the law. They should be held accountable for breaking the law, especially if they're looking to put guns out on the street that are going to harm police officers, children, you or me. So it's going to be interesting to see where this case goes. I do monitor these straw purchase cases because a lot of cases, more than not, all they get is slaps on the wrist. And they should face, people like this should face, that are looking to put dangerous firearms in the hands of people who should not have them by law, they should face the maximum penalty because that's how you stop these issues. But I just found it ironic that the charge at its core of what these people are being charged with is the same exact charge they didn't charge Hunter Biden with, the, the false statements on an ATF 4473, which is normally a felony. And like I said, that diversion program, you do need the deputy attorney general's approval to even offer that to a, a defendant. So to say there wasn't preferential treatment is just... Uh, a lie. It's 331 here at WILK News Radio. It's time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 336, 81 degrees with that haze outside. 
You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Joe from Edwardsville on the Parkland Deputy. Joe. How you doing, Rob? Uh, it's great to talk to you. And, um, yeah, this uh, 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 this thing with the, the Parkland Deputy, um, and, and you were a cop for a long time, and you know that you don't know how you're going to behave under fire uh, until fire starts happening. I mean, I was, uh, I served as a, as a United States Marine back in my misspent youth. And, um, some guys are going to make it. Some guys are not. And as far as this guy goes to go to jail, to be convicted or something, no, but you, you get out of here. This is not your deal. Um, no pension, no benefits, no nothing, but you go away. Uh, it's, I remember one time a guy coming up to me and telling me we were out in the field doing an exercise and he said, don't tip your helmet back on your head like that. Because if you take a round in the, in your forehead, you're going to be worthless. If you take a round in your lower face, you might get half your face blown off, but you'll still be able to fight. And I'm thinking, dude, if I get half my face blown off, ah, you're kind of on your own. And there's no way to know. There is no way to measure a, 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 a man's metal that way. And some people are built for it. Some are not. No judgment there. No, you definitely but, key on so a lot now, of things. That's why they say, you know, everyone has a plan until they're punched in the face. And obviously that's a, that's a lot lesser than this. But you've seen it in the Marines. I've seen it in law enforcement. And, and I agree. You know, if they found specific negligence, if they found where he was, you know, acted in a certain way that, that caused someone's death, I, I would think a little differently. But if, if it was just cowardice, uh, if it was just, you know, him freezing up, I agree, you know, you should never wear a uniform again. You should never be in the position to protect anybody again. You should just go away and, and never be in the, this position. But looking at him, you know, he, he was the school resource officer. He was later in his career. Did he just go here to kind of think it was an easy gig and then something like this happens? You know, I'm sure those are the things that were looked into. I know there were things that were brought up. And I know because of that, and this has happened, you know, a while ago, a couple of years ago in 2018, um, police departments around the country where school resource officers used to be that retirement, you know, that close to retirement, that that gig where you kind of just laid back and sat back. That's not that anymore. So they are bringing the ex-military type. They are bringing your top ex-SWAT guys or guys who are part-time SWAT guys in as school resources because they know, resource officers because they know this is a very real and and valid threat now. Well, and then maybe that should be a part of thing. But again, that's why. Oh no, no, no! You're done here. There's no pension for you because a lot of guys, as you say, late in their career, they'll do this, you know, get those, get the full vesting or a couple extra years on their benefits. And that's so, okay, no, you're done. You lost that too bad on you. There was a guy in the, in the, in the early nineties during the first Gulf war, there was a kid who had joined the air force reserve. And when the first Gulf war kicked off, and he was activated, he's like, no, 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 no. I joined the Air Force to get my education. I didn't join the Air Force to go fighting. Oh, okay, then you're done. Get out of here. 
whatever we paid for your education, you owe us that money back. And just, as it should be, you just <laughs> don't know until. Uh, oh my God! You know, until the balloon goes up, you just can't know. No, I get it. And there's, so, there's yeah, plenty of Monday morning. Got to go away with nothing except what he delinked in his pockets. Yeah, and there's plenty of Monday morning quarterbacks, and, and you know it just as well as I do, that say, oh, he should have did this, he should have did that. He should. And like you said, you don't know. Until you're being shot at, until the bullets are whizzing past you, until you see people going down with parts of them missing, you don't know how you're going to react. And unless you're in that position, exactly. and that, that's why I've challenged media types all along, You know, when they talk about police procedures and handcuffing someone, I, I to this day oh, no, I, I exactly. will to this day I and will tell any which, media person out there if they want to come to where I am or if they want to meet somewhere at a gym and try and handcuff me I will give them all the tools that a police officer has and I will, let them try and handcuff me if I don't want to be handcuffed let three of them yeah. try and handcuff me if I don't want to be handcuffed that's not going to happen and that's why these issues okay. happen <laughs> Rob I worked in an ER so I know exactly what you're talking about when sometimes it would take six or seven of us to subdue a patient who did not want to be subdued. So, yeah. And it, it's just, you know, and, and then, you know, even in the, um, in the after action, uh, you, you want to you go ahead and condemn someone who's, you fired up their, uh, their fight or flight. The, the um, adrenaline is coursing. And, and so now I'm like, oh, my God, it's either I'm going to go Hulk or I'm going to die, and, you know, if somebody gets one last slap, then, you know, no, you got to, no, you can't be doing it. It's just, it's insane. So this guy, obviously, he's not equipped, okay, you got to go, and you go with nothing. Yep, and I'm sure after this he'll never work in law enforcement again. Joe, we're going to have to leave it there. I'm up against the break. I sincerely hope. Thank you, Joe. I sincerely hope. So do I, and and I'm sure it is. Um, it's 342 here at WILK. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 346, 81 degrees with that haze outside. Be careful if you have uh, respiratory issues, if you're sensitive to the air. You know, we are under a red flag. It is hazardous out there with that uh, smoke coming down from the Canadian wildfires. A little off topic, but we'll go to the phone now. We have uh, Joe from Sawyersville on Mike Pence. Joe. Hi, Rob. Rob, uh, Mike Pence was in Ukraine recently to show his support for that country while criticizing Donald Trump for his lack of support. Could this possibly hurt Donald Trump? I, I don't think anything Mike Pence does will hurt Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think like a lot of people I've seen, Mike Pence should be should be more focused on New Hampshire and, and not polling at 5% uh, rather than visiting Ukraine for just a photo op. Um, right. But... I, I, you know, I get Mike Pence. He he is a genuine nice guy. I'm sure he's genuinely concerned about the people of Ukraine who have been dealing with the tragedies of the Russia war on them. Um, but I, I don't think anything he does is going to affect Donald Trump one way or another. Well, I think by far the vast majority of the American people support Ukraine. Donald Trump does not. So even if Trump makes it to the general election, I think this will hurt him. Oh, that's your opinion, Joe. It is, my friend. So long. All right. Thank you. Um, let's go to the phone, something that we were talking about. Let's go to, uh, Jack from Scranton on the Parkland deputy, Jack. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about the deputy. Like, uh, there's a couple of situations where, uh, I think a cop, the cops failed. Uh, there was the one where, uh, the, the guy was afraid to shoot 
when you seen the guy going into the building and he was close to the building, he was afraid he was going to shoot some of the kids. I mean, in a situation like that, you just do what you have to do. You have to think fast and just get the guy before he even enters the door. And, you know, take the consequences after that because if that guy was shot before he went in, there probably wouldn't have been no murders. You know? Well, remember that, that situation? It's 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 a lot of hypothetical, and you have to be in that situation. I mean, have you ever been in a situation to make that judgment call? I've been in a worse situation. I was a doorman up at Hiles one time in 1991 where a guy pulled a gun on me and pulled a gun on a bunch of people, said he would kill everybody on the way, and just because somebody made a remark to his wife. And in the meantime, the guy said to me, if you don't move quick enough, you're going to die in a second. So the first thing I thought to myself is I better move real quick or else I'm going to be dead. And I, I, ju- I jumped him, and when I did, I knocked the gun out of his hand and then took him into custody, threw him over the car and waited for the police to come. But, I mean, in a situation like that, you have to think fast or else, it, what is it, you know, like when they, somebody tells you, you, you know, you either jump real quick or else you're going to be dead, well, you got to either make your make your move or else... Yeah, you, you do. Hand. You do. And I, I really didn't follow this case uh, closely at all, so I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I know there was a lot of evidence thrown out, including digital evidence that showed the per, the position of him, the shooter, and, and the kids that were in there. And they came to their conclusion. Uh, Jack, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you made it through that. And I'm, yep. uh, thank you for the call. Okay, bye. 55, or are we going? All right. Um, to switch gears here. We're going to go back, and I'm only going to touch on it now, and I'm really not going to harp on it because I've talked about it the past two days, is this issue in Lackawanna County with the youth and child services. And, uh, you know, you've, you've had some back and forth today. You've, you had uh, County Commissioner Chermack say that the, he believes the state attorney general should take over this investigation, and, and I don't see any reason why they can't do a concurrent investigation. I think they should. I think they should be very concerned about what's happening here and looking into them themselves. You know, I spoke to some federal entities uh, earlier today and, uh, you know, was talking about this case specifically, and they, they were dumbfounded about what's going on here. And again, these are allegations, probable cause allegations that the, that these individuals, these five individuals from caseworkers and supervisors from Lackawanna County Children and Youth, what I haven't heard and I'd like to hear more of is the action plan to ensure that the 9,000 cases that Lackawanna County deals with annually with their children and family services are accounted for. I haven't seen the call for an emergency commissioner's meeting to talk about this. When you have five employees of your county arrested, I'm sorry, but it calls for an emergency meeting. Now, they may have had this that I'm not aware of, but it should be public. It should be open uh, because it's personnel issues. I, I think the notification of such a meeting, such such a critical meeting, should be made public. Maybe not the meeting itself because it is a personnel issue. But to come up with an action plan on what they're going to do. And, and like I said, the the head of this organization, has he sat down with all his employees and said, I want an accountability of every single case you have right now, every single case this department has right now. And again, the the county district attorney, Mark Powell, kind of took the same um, stance that I took that the county solicitor has been acting as a quasi-defense attorney 
for some of these employees, if not all these employees. And he seems to believe, because he is quoted in, in the Scranton Times as saying that he his part of his job is that he's uh, there to look out for the county employees. And it's not. It's their defense attorneys to do that. And he, he said something to the effect that, you know, the, the county had hired an attorney to represent them. And again, the, the, the county solicitor's job is to protect the county, to advise the county commissioners on what they should do to protect the county. There is no doubt going to be lawsuits involved with this. And what I've seen, the actions I've seen on behalf, and this is just my opinion, the actions I've seen from the county solicitor have... uh, have been unethical. I mean, he shouldn't be making the comments that he made in court. He shouldn't be standing next to defendants who are accused of criminal wrongdoing in a court of law. That's not his job. And like I said, Mark Powell, the district attorney, kind of was dumbfounded himself of why he was acting in that capacity. I I looked at both the state charter for county solicitors and the county. I I I don't see anything in the job description or in the charters that say that's his duty. Um, and again, here's someone who has been nominated to fill a vacancy on a court by the governor, and he's running for, for judgeship and the only one, so he's running unopposed. But in order to fulfill those duties, you need to have your law license. You need to be a lawyer. And I'd, I'd be careful of the circling the wagons and such that he's doing with these employees, and I don't understand why. I'm seeing a lot about protecting the agency. I'm seeing a lot about protecting the head of the agency. I'm seeing a lot about protecting the people involved with this agency that have been arrested. I'm not seeing a lot of, what about the children? Let's account for all the children that we're looking at now. Let's account for all the cases we have now. And even now, and very damning, is they've gone out and they've spoke to the neighbors of where these incidents happen. And the neighbors are coming forth and giving statements that they've, they've, these people from count, children and youth were there many times and they were confronted and they said they were screaming for help and children and youth were like, it isn't my problem right now. We have bigger things to handle. It isn't our problem. And that's what a witness neighbor said. That's going to be damning when this comes to court. And I think both the state attorney general and the local authorities can handle this investigation concurrently. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. You know, I just want to finish up on this Lackawanna County children and youth before we go to the break in about a minute. But uh, the county solicitor Ruggiero said that Scranton Police shouldn't be the prosecuting agency because they were part of the investigations resulting in the charges. That's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, not for nothing, but the, the solicitor of Lackawanna County should be relieved of his duties. Um, you know, and officer youth and family services workers involved, he said um, they made allegations about the case against them and being arrested the way they did. I'm not going to get into the allegations in the back and forth. I can tell you they made numerous and it'll be, um, you know, no one will listen to them and it'll come out in court. Again, it's not your job to defend the defendants. And show me a defendant who's been arrested who hasn't made allegations against their arresting officers in the investigation against them. That's your job as a defendant to create doubt in the case against you. So I just wish, as a county resident, Lackawanna County, the, the county solicitors to stay out of it and mind his business and do the work of the county solicitor, not the defendants for people who are charged with criminal wrongdoing. 
this this is just ridiculous here. Let the case work the way it was. It's uh, 4 o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute.